Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to the Dynamic Dojo Show with Restina and Robert. Your source for martial arts talk radio. Joe Talk Radio with Rasita and Robert. I'm Rasita, and I'm joined here at the helm with my brother in the martial arts, Sifu Robert Teal. Sifu Bob, how you doing today, man? Hey, I'm doing well. You know, last week you made fun of me because I said it was getting cooler in L.A. And you're like, what, uh-huh. 80? Yeah. It, it hasn't got cold enough <laughs> this weekend where I had to put a sweatshirt on. What? Like, how? Yeah, well, okay, so what is that, like 70 degrees? degrees? Oh, no, whoa, really? Really? Yeah. What? Wow, that's like, is that is that, is that that normal for this part of the year over there? Not really, but, it, you know, it's, it's turned on the heat. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you know, put yeah, that blanket that's, that's on the yeah. yeah, right. <laughs> that's, Seattle, that's, that's Seattle weather. That's, <laughs> that's where we're at. No, actually, today, yesterday was like uh, pushing 80. Over here, and and now it's like it, uh, another front's coming in from the coast, so it's supposed to be meh. Uh, today, like, was around seventy, so and then the rain's supposed to come in later, but yeah. So there you go, Seattle that, weather yeah, down that in California. Sounds like normal for Saturday. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that sounds like normal for Sunday. Seattle weather. Yeah, rain. exactly. Rain. <laughs> it doesn't rain all the time, but you know, it's it's normal for spring Seattle. Of course, well, our do summer doesn't come until September. Summer doesn't? Oh, yeah. you suck. Our summer doesn't come until September. <laughs> no, it. No, I'm kidding. Like It usually comes like in July as opposed to June, right? It comes like in the middle of July. So that only leaves us like a month and a half. Well, no, I take that back. Usually September is really hot over here too. So anyway. On with the show. Very cool. Well, I do want to wish everybody a very happy Mother's Day. Now, you know, remember, on Mother's Day, you always need to buy your mother a, a bottle of wine. Hmm. For a simple reason. You're the reason she drinks. <laughs> Which is fun. Speak for your own mom. <laughs> My mom's never drank a day in her life, and I kind of wonder why. So I don't know what she did to, you know, let out all her frustrations. But thanks, Mom. And happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. Yay. <laughs> all right. 
Well, let's tune in. Uh, keep tuned in, listeners, because at about 6.30 or so, we're going to be joined by Professor Patrick McDaniel. So if you're a colleague of Professor McDaniel or a student or a friend, give us a call, 347-677-0699 at around 6.30 or so, and join the conversation. All right. Let's move on. Cool. So anything cool going up in your neck of the woods over there? You know, not really. It's been sort of, you know, sort of chill, but the uh, the weeks seem to be flying by till the martial arts event of the year that you are actually going to come down for. Well, two of you are mm-hmm. coming down for and they're happening really quick. Yeah. Yep. I'm excited. Up really yeah, I'm excited, too. There's only a few weeks. How many weeks are there? I don't have a... I don't have a calendar four. in front of me. Four weeks. So we're four weeks out. So, yeah. Um, do you know if there are any tickets left? I'm pretty sure there's a few tickets left, right? There's got to be. Well, for everybody who doesn't know, we're talking about the Madison Soul Fan, and there are tickets left, but they are going fast. This will be the sixth year in a row that we've sold out. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's only a 300-person venue. Uh, inductees are done. Uh, any inductee that now gets their paperwork in late is out of luck, I'm afraid. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, so rem- uh, we're going to have to, like, remind all the ambassadors for next year um, in the Masters Hall of Fame, please get an idea of who you're going to want to induct for next year and uh, be ready to inform your nominees and get your paperwork in early because, uh, you know, um, as cool as the venue this year is, which is the Roosevelt Hotel in sunny Hollywood, um, we only have room for 300 people, right? 300 people. And oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, 300 people total and only 50 or so inductees. And when those spaces are gone, they're gone, period. There's no way we can add another room, more tables or whatever. So, um, and depending where it is next year, that might change. Who knows? But still, you know, ambassadors, get your paperwork in early. Anyway, <laughs> there's our plug for the ambassadors. That's, and <laughs> you know what's really funny about this? Uh, there are a number of of, uh, of uh, martial artists that will contact the masters. You know, they'll con- contact me. They'll contact Dan Hatch about being inducted. So we do our due diligence. We do our homework on them and vet them and 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 everything else. The, those are the people that I inducted this year that didn't get their paperwork in. Mm. Wow. Which, which is just pretty funny to me. Yeah. You, yeah. You, you came. You came after us, and you you can't follow the procedure. Yeah. And yeah. I, I, I have. <laughs> You know, I have come up with a new rule. I am yeah. only unless there's unless there's certain circumstances. Uh, like one of the guys I was going to induct this year was only 34, and I couldn't because it wasn't quite mm-hmm. 35. I will not indu- I will not nominate somebody two years in a row. I just won't. If if, yeah. if they were busy or something, I've only done that to a couple people. Mm-hmm. And, and this year it's going to change. We've got too many well-deserving martial artists. Now, I understand the bad part is that Jim Thompson's USA Hall of Fame is like two weeks before ours. Mm-hmm. Now, wh- so where is it being they, held this year? 
Well, you know, Jim has, seven, Jim has seven of them now. What? From what I understand. And he holds oh. them all over the country, all year long. Oh, okay. And wow. this one happens to be in L.A. Oh, oh my goodness. Yeah, it always That's... seems to be in SoCal right around April, May. Yeah. Yeah, well, it makes sense because, like, flying anywhere in the middle of the summer is is tough to do, <laughs> more expensive. So that's yeah. right, and we're we're gonna have another full weekend. I took the day off on Friday. Uh, we're I don't know. We'll do the TMZ tours. Hit hit the museum we missed last time. We've got some, mm-hmm. the whipping demonstration on Saturday. Uh, bowling on Thursday, and that's about it. Maybe we'll. Go to hit a couple malls or something on Sunday since you fly out Sunday. Yeah, it'll be fun. Very it'll cool. It'll be fun. Over there. Yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, get the uh, birthdays rolling before we get into more announcements. What do you have for birthdays there, Sifu Bob? Well, I have actor. I don't know if, she, if she's a martial artist or not. She is the, the mother of Matthew Zip, uh, a past guest on the show. Miss Lorraine Ziff's her birthday's today. C. Joe, Carl Cotton, his birthday's also today. Roger Bog, very, very well-accomplished martial artist. His Now, is that the Roger Bog that was married to Grace Young Cecilius? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm the, not positive. I don't know. Yeah. His birthday today, Golkar Chavitian, his birthday oh, right today. On. He he was ranked one of the top judo practitioners in the world at one time. Mm-hmm. And he is also a trainer of Ronda Rousey. Cool. Uh, Jerry Jerry Trimble, a very accomplished oh, actor, right kickboxer, and married to well-renowned actress Amy Dolan's daughter of Monkey's drummer, Mickey Dolans. Oh, wow. Uh, very good friend and a good friend of the show. April Abad, her birthday is on the 13th. A very dear friend of mine, uh, Don Baird, his birthday is on the 15th. Uh, Stephen Williams, the, a student of both uh, Frank Dukes and Bill Riyasaki, his birthday is on the 15th. And last but certainly not least, James Patrick Lacey, his birthday is on the 16th. Oh, right on. Very cool. All right, I've got just a, a few birthdays. Uh, today, a couple of my previous students, Isaac Rhodes and Manon Lucan, their birthdays are today. Tomorrow, the 11th, Sifu Ben Fajardo, who is a well-known one-hop-kendo practitioner under Sifu Aldacascus. May 12th, Don Wynn and Andy Wilson are having their birthdays. And that's it for my birthday. So for everyone happy having a birthday this week, this tune is for you. We sing happy birthday to you. And may all your dreams come true. Happy, happy birthday.
All right. Happy birthday, everybody. Have a great birthday week. All right. Well, let's move on with our other announcements. What other announcements do you have on your end there, Bob? Well, of course, we've all already gone through the Masters. And July uh, 18th and 19th this year, we have the fabulous Dragon Fest coming back Woo-hoo. to Los Angeles. Yay. Uh, this, this time it will be a two-day event. They're expecting a couple thousand people with uh, fabulous actors, actresses, the, uh, you know, Steve Odekirk, Joe Montana, uh Shaolin Temple is going to be there. We're going to be there. It's going to be a great couple of days. Mm-hmm. Very cool. So you can get your tickets, folks. Just go to, oh, my goodness, I don't even know what the website <laughs> URL is. Just, just, just go to com and click Oh, Dragon okay. Fest. That's right. That's. I keep wanting to type in dragonfest.com, and I keep forgetting that that all of the uh, martial arts history museum events, including Dragon Fest, are on the mamuseum.com site. So hear that, folks, mamuseum.com, martial arts history museum. And also, ta-da, we got a plug for Michael and the martial arts history museum. Next time you're in Burbank, anybody, go check out the martial arts history museum. Only $10 to get in. Better yet, go buy membership. There's still 50 bucks, right, Bob? Uh, yep, $50 for an entire year. There you go. It pays for itself. So pretty cool. All right. Oh, and, and oh, well, by the way, because hmm. I just did it, uh, you type in dragonfest.com, and it goes to a website of Gerald Akamura. Oh, interesting. Okay. His fan club, his contacts, magazine covers, photo gallery, news events. All right there. So oh, don't wow. dive in Dragon Fest. You'll never get there. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I wonder if Mr. Okamura would be willing um, at, at putting the announcement of the festival of his namesake on his own website. I mean, wouldn't you think that would be fitting? I think so. Yeah, that would be kind of cool. All right. Well, I've got an announcement, and uh, as you know, me and Bob always make our announcements until the events actually happen. Um, One more shout-out for the Pacific Association of Women's Martial Artists Training Camp. This year it's going to be held August 14th through the 17th, and the theme this year is Wonder Women Sharing Our Powers. And lots of great uh, teachers and subjects that are going to be offered. And sorry, guys, this is a women's-only camp. So, you know, leave the skirts at home. (laughs) You can't sneak in. (laughs) And uh, to get a full list of all the teachers that will be teaching there. And these are some of the greatest female martial arts instructors in the United States and um, some of the most highest ranking um, in the United States. So go check it out. Go to pawma.org, pama.org. Awesome. And I've got another announcement. This, uh, This just in. Um, a good friend of mine, Lynn Yancha, who's a licensed massage therapist here in the Seattle area, um, she and I have been collaborating um, for a study retreat for learning Thai massage and Tai Chi in the beautiful Philippines. And um, she, uh, Lynn is actually in the Philippines right now, and she's finalizing the final negotiations for the five-star resort that we're going to be um, using for the event um, and also finalizing catering and transportation and um, activities 
for the for the whole 13-day retreat. And uh, here's some info. Let me see if I can get to the thing here. Okay, so this is a dual workshop. So this is for licensed mas- massage therapists and body workers um, to learn Thai massage, and that's a 16-day course. And I'll be teaching a 13-day Tai Chi workshop retreat course, and this is going to be in January of 2016, and it's going to be January 9th through the 25th, 2016, and um, if you're interested in going to this, there's more information um, at centurymassage.com. Oh my goodness, that's a big URL. So uh, (laughs) I'll go ahead and post this information on the Dynamic Dojo Facebook page, but um, um, I can't speak for Lynn's portion of the workshop. I can only speak about mine. Um, if you are a body worker, you will be learning Tai Chi as part of the course. Okay. Not only do you get um, the uh, CEUs for, wait a minute, let me see here. Da, da, da. Oh, nope. You get, uh, if you do the Thai Massage Level 1 and 2, as well as my workshops, you get a total of 92 CEU hours. So if you're a body worker or a massage therapist, you know you need those, right? So you actually get to earn these CEUs at this at this retreat. And it's it's like having a vacation, a learning vacation, and you can actually use it as a business expense. So go check it out. Um, I'll be teaching um, my Tai Chi HealthWorks curriculum geared specifically toward beginners, but also for applied functional skills for Thai massage and massage therapy in general. Um, This will be working a lot on postural alignment, body awareness, not only of yourself, but of the client. So it'll, it'll, it'll be really great. Um, And we have all sorts of great um, tourist activities um, planned also. Um, I mean, there's uh, let's see here. We get to go to Pagsanjan Falls, which is a a beautiful uh, waterfall park. Um, and then um, we're also going to be going to Pangal River Eco Tourism Park. Um, let's see, Hidden Valley Springs Resort um, in Laguna, and uh, all of the meals are catered. And this is like like home cooking catered type stuff, not like you know McDonald's type stuff. So, going to be at the Temp Rosa Resort. It is uh, one of the Philippines' five-star resorts. Lynn managed to get a really great deal. She managed to network with the right people, and we, we're we're in. <laughs> we're good to go. So anyway, January 2016, save up, folks. So it's um all the all the. Let's see here. You need just a $300 deposit, and uh, the whole trip is about uh, 2,600 bucks. That's it, and that's including the uh, the lodging for 16 days. Food, all the food, all the transportation, and all of the uh, tourist activities. So you you can't get much better than that. So anyway, what about airfare? Um, uh, the airfare is on your own. The airfare is on your oh, own. Oh, okay. Yeah, because um, but uh, we are we are uh, suggesting that people go through um, Delta or Asiana mm-hmm. Airlines or Eva Air. Um, and you want to come in preferably the late morning or the early afternoon of January 9th. Uh, now, we found out that Eva Air has the cheapest of the airfares. So, you know, if you if you come in on the 9th, that will give you a full day and a half to get you acclimated to the time change. Um, so, um, yeah. So, let's see. Uh, you should probably book your dates 
for an earlier arrival or later departure than the workshop dates. Now, the workshop dates, again, are the 9th through the 25th, 2016, for the Thai massage and the 12th for the Tai Chi track. Now, you can do both, right, because it counts toward your CEUs. Now, here's the thing is that you don't have to be a licensed massage therapist to do this. You can be anybody learn Thai massage and learn Tai Chi, um, it's, the only difference would be is you don't get the CEUs, and even though you do get level one and two, um, you cannot offer Thai massage services for a fee because you're not licensed. So that's something I want to make sure people understand. Anyone can do this except um, you have to be an LMP um, or a body worker or a chiropractor or what have you to be able to charge money for this. So go check it out. It'll be pretty fun. Uh, martial artists are are invited cool. also. So yeah, pretty uh, so cool. Is is right. that one of those times when you when you fly into LA for like an ungodly layover? For twelve, like 12 hours. hours, yeah, twelve yeah. hours, twelve hours well, flying maybe, to LA, and that's why I called you. I'm like, dude, come over and keep me company. <laughs> maybe maybe this time I I I can because I'm going to be working, so it's going to be more of a financial. It's going to be okay. Uh, what what day are you leaving? Do you know? Um, I don't know yet. Um, I'm probably gonna. Lynn is going a week early. Um, to make sh- to you know like dot the i's and cross the t's and stuff like that. So I may just go in a week early with her, so that way I'm acclimated. Um, because if I'm gonna be, it's one thing to like take a class, but it's another thing to teach when you're like in a different time time zone. Right. So I'd much rather right. get there, you know, as early as I can without it being like a whole month. I don't want to be there a whole month. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I'll probably just get there like a, a week early um, or maybe um, three days before um, uh, I'm scheduled to teach. So, well, me and her will figure it out. Um, most likely I'll be going with her to help her carry junk and over and, you know, that kind of thing. So. Right, we'll right. We'll see how that goes, but cool. check it out, folks. All you have to do is save three hundred bucks a month, and you can go. So, but you need to get in your three hundred dollar uh, deposit so that way we can secure your spot because we've only got sixteen rooms that we can play with, um, and uh, I think the whole resort only has like twenty something rooms, um, and we are taking most of it. So this resort is all ours, pretty much, and uh, which is going to make it even better. So. Really cool. So check it out, martial artists, body workers, chiropractors, physical therapists. Come on out to the Philippines. All right, let's move on. (laughs) Let's see if I have any other announcements here. No, I don't. All right. Well, I guess. I have a couple. Okay. Uh, One is next weekend. May 16th is going to be uh, on Saturday at 4 o'clock. It's going to be Frank Marquez Day at the Museum. Oh, cool. Uh, it, it's not listed here on the museum website, but Doug Long Day is going to be the 30th of May, the week before the Masters. Right on. And Dr. Robert Goldman, Goldman which is, I think he was involved with the martial arts kid, uh, and he's being inducted into the Mass Hall of Fame this year. His mm-hmm. day is on June 13th, 2015. From, and the days the typically run four to six. They do a whole cool. montage. The, the Michael stands up and plugs the museum and plugs what they've got for sale. Uh, 
talks about the individual's life. The show is a DVD of life and past pictures. It's really cool to go. Mm-hmm. Very cool. And like I said, I've gone, I've gone, I like missed one. I missed uh, Manny Marquez, which is like Frank Marquez's cousin. That oh, was cool. the only day I missed. And, of course, wow. not being there for some reason because I'm there so much, they mm-hmm. noticed. The next week, <laughs> They're like, where were where you? Were you? <laughs> where yeah, were you, exactly. Man? <laughs> That's so awesome. Very cool. So, yeah, a lot of great events happening at the Martial Arts History Museum. And if you've never been to the Martial Arts History Museum, folks, go Check it out. Oh, my gosh. I mean, it's small, yeah, but everything in the Martial Arts History Museum is authentic. They're from private collections or from um, the possessions of the original owners of the items. So, um, and uh, Michael Matsuda, he he changes out the uh, the displays, um, like, at least, I don't know, like, how often do you think he changes stuff, like, once a quarter at least, right? So that way there's always something different. Right. He adds um, something or subtracts something or changes it. Yeah. Uh, it's mo- great. Mostly the one room that's the theater area, he changes uh, more often. Because, uh, mm-hmm. like, right now we got the gopher chucks from Gung Pao, the, the squish squirrel uh, oh, yeah. from Gung Pao, uh, David Carrion's coat from one of the years of, uh, uh, Kung, of the two years Kung Fu. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, silver mask from uh, American Ninja. Uh, those have all been added like the last two months. Oh, cool! So, right on. So yeah, go happening. check it out. Good place. Good place to 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 do touristy stuff next time you're in Burbank. Awesome. Oh, oh you know and, what? Yep. Go ahead. Uh, he is letting all the participants to the Madison team that has dinner tickets will get into the museum for at no charge. Very cool. Looks like there we might have to bring in a crowd. Maybe. <laughs> at least our crowd. We might we at least have to bring in our crowd. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's what we'll do Friday. Yeah, yeah, maybe we'll just bring our our inductees cuz that's a that's a crowd of like 10 people right there. Well, wait, more than that cuz you you have more inductees this, this year than I do. So Yeah, I have 7, you have 3. That's 10 right there, but Pam Yeah. By herself has five people with her. Yeah, yeah. Or I don't know if she's including that five, so it'll be cool. Yeah, it'll be it'll be very cool. So, anyway, whew, that's a lot of announcements. <laughs> All yeah. right. Well, with that said, let's move on to health news. All right. <laughs> Gluten free junk food. Okay, so I don't, you know. Something that I think is just really funny is that, like, I'm seeing more and more people, like, all of a sudden start claiming that they're gluten intolerant or something like that. You know, I don't know if it's a craze yeah. or what. I don't, I don't know if it's, like, the latest thing. You remember when yoga was the thing? Everyone was doing yoga. You know, it was kind of like Taibo. Right. Let's all do Taibo. It's yeah. like the latest, greatest thing. So I don't know if it was more of a fad thing. But the, the thing is, is according to a 2013 survey, about a third of people in the United States are actively trying to avoid gluten. Now, a lot of scientific experts um, and even doctors think that this is unnecessary. But the truth is, is that gluten especially from modern wheat, and that's that's the key word here, modern wheat, can be problematic for a lot of people. And I, you know, and I do know people that are truly gluten intolerant or have, uh, 
digestive disorders that um, that doesn't allow them to digest gluten at all, or it just kind of makes them feel blah and sick and stuff like that. But you know, with that said, not surprisingly, a lot of food manufacturers have brought all sorts of gluten-free foods to the market. Now, here's the thing. There's a problem with that in that with some of these foods, um, they're actually just as bad as their gluten-containing counterparts, if not worse. And and uh, this is why I'm thinking this is kind of funny because, you know, some of the people that are just jumping on the bandwagon, um, you know, just think that it's, "Quote unquote more healthy, right? I'll be more healthy if I don't eat gluten and stuff like that. But here's why, you know, it could be more of a myth for those kind of people. Okay, um, now these are highly processed foods that are very low in nutrients and are often made up with refined starches that lead to very rapid spikes in blood sugar. So, choose foods that are naturally gluten free, like plants and animals, and not gluten free." processed foods. <laughs> there is such a thing, gluten-free processed foods. So with that said, folks, gluten-free junk food, well, it's still junk food. So there you go. I've seen like uh, gluten-free pretzels, gluten-free, uh, I mean, everything, you know, and it's kind of like, really? Gluten-free pretzels, gluten-free hot dog bugs. You know, I'm Please. sorry. This is bull. I you know if 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 everything was was harmful to us as they say it is now how did we ever survive growing up how did you know, we it, survive without bike helmets yeah <laughs> or seat yeah. belts in our cars I no I I I agree because it's you know I I think it's because it, and a lot of people will will say that it is modern wheat uh, but the thing is is that. Um, you know, if it like like for example, if you really have celiac disease, um, then yeah, by all means, you know, do whatever you need to do. Um, but you know, it because because you know, if you have celiac disease, you know, eating gluten can can be kind of life threatening, right? Um, but according to experts, a vast majority of the people nowadays, even the ones that are going on a gluten free diet, don't need to be gluten-free, right? Now, of course, you know, these experts will say that, you know, that there is a benefit from reducing the amount of gluten in your diet, especially just plain white flour. But, you know, for for the majority of us, um, having gluten in our diet is, is perfectly okay um, for most of us. So um, I'm I'm just part of the few that think that the whole gluten-free thing has become a uh, like a marketing thing. You know what I mean? Uh, a marketing uh, marketing ploy. I mean, you go to the store and everything's gluten-free, gluten-free, gluten-free. I remember when it was hard to find gluten-free stuff. And, uh, you know, the more that I look into it, I find out that gluten-free doesn't necessarily mean that it's healthier. Right? You know? Right. So right. I mean, I see like people like, oh, I I got a gluten free thing, and I'm just going to drink this with the diet Pepsi. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you just you just like all bets are off when you have a diet Pepsi, for God's sake, right? <laughs> yeah, I know. Now we actually had a dedicated gluten free market here. It didn't last a whole long time. It was, everything was gluten free. Huh. It was it it was ridiculous. I mean, 
When you were a kid, how did you get drinking water? How did I get drinking water? Yeah. How did you drink? I got it out of the faucet. Or I got it out. Or when we were outside, how did we get it? Yeah. We turned we on the hose. It out of the hose. Yeah, we got it out of the hose, and we're still alive. Yeah. And, of course, now it's and, – and, and I know Patrick's online, so I know he's over there laughing his ass off because he knows it's true. <laughs> <laughs> that we went through all this stuff, and all of a sudden, when they come out with bottled water, all of a sudden, you must drink eight eight glasses a day. You must yeah. do this. You must do that. Guess what? It's like I thought something, and it was funnier than hell. Hey, yeah. Something was posted on Facebook the other day. Why are there toilet paper commercials? Because yeah, it's not who's like not <laughs> buying toilet paper. Everybody exactly. in the world. Seven billion people have to use toilet paper. Yeah, it's all marketing. It it is marketing. It is marketing, and you know, and, and listeners, folks, you know, I'm I'm not knocking the gluten free thing. You know, like I said, you know, a, a lot of us do have to reduce the amount of gluten that we have in our diet because you know a lot of people are eating just way 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 too much and i know a lot of people you know that have celiac disease or and and other digestive disorders where they will get absolutely sick if they eat gluten anything right that's fine you know that's their thing they they've developed a lifestyle around that but if you're going to jump on the bandwagon just because you know um <laughs> i saw this i saw this video um, several months ago, uh, about this guy I forgot his name that uh, that was giving a tutorial on how to be more spiritual, and uh, it it was very tongue in cheek, and it was tech, it was literally telling people that a lot of people were just jumping on a bandwagon and putting on an act, uh, you know, to be more spiritual. Like for example, you have to be you have to be adamant about being gluten free and vegan. And when you go to a restaurant, you have to make a stink about what do you mean you don't have gluten-free soy sauce? Yeah. <laughs> and you have to talk really softly to people and make unbearably uncomfortable amounts of eye contact with people to look more spiritual. It was great. I'll have to post that to the Dynamic Dojo Facebook page, too, because it's so true. People jumping on the bandwagon. All right. So, since uh, speaking of bandwagon, I had to rant about all that gluten-free junk food. All right, let's move on. Let's move on to weird news. Weird news. And stay tuned, folks. We'll have Professor Patrick McDaniel joining us in about, oh, about eight minutes. Give us a call, 347-677-0699. All righty. Weird news. Okay. Alleged, and I'm going to work through this name. Alleged. Bank robber, Dominic Antonio Alfonsenka, denies... not too bad. That, you did pretty good. I, I did fair. It's not great. I admit that. He denies the crime of robbing a bank because he asked politely. <laughs> Can you please put the money in this bag or I will have to shoot you? Is that... <laughs> Yeah, that was pretty much what it was. Why did you not? I paused for dramatic effect. Yeah. Because this guy's an idiot. Yeah. Now, this is actually closer to Patrick than it is to us. An alleged Virginia bank robber admits he took stacks of cash from a teller, videotaped it, 
and even posted evidence on social media, but he says he's not guilty because he asked politely. Dominic Antonio, 23, says what he did on Monday afternoon doesn't count as bank robbery because the note he handed to the teller at Town Bank in Virginia Beach was cordial. It even ended with a smiley face. Oh, you got to be kidding. That's (laughs) crazy. He said, I went and gave the note a note and asked, actually politely, he told NBC affiliate WAVY in a jailhouse interview, a robbery is demanding, going and demanding Ugh. something and taking the money or whatever like that. I don't, I didn't do that. <laughs> wow. This isn't even splitting hair. This guy's just a moron. <laughs> oh God! You, you know what all the listeners are. Saying. Big dummy. That's yeah, right. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, the handwritten note, uh, which Alfonsenka later posted to his Instagram account, starts: "I need one hundred and fifty thousand bands right now, please." 150,000 band. fans? Bands. He must be referring to the, the, the band of of uh, the thing that wraps the money. Oh, I see. I see. Okay. That's what I'm thinking he's referring to. That's what I'm thinking not, too, but a band can have anywhere between like 1,000 to like, you know, 10, depending on the, the denomination of the bill. So 150,000 exactly. bands, that makes no sense. All right. No, it doesn't. That, and that that would be a lot of money. I mean, right? Like in the millions. Uh, right. Police take three to four minutes to get there. I would appreciate if you ring the alarm a minute after. Oh my god! Oh he's my god! And ring the alarm one minute after he's gone because of the police response time. <laughs> Make sure the money doesn't blow up on my way out. So he. He wants to make sure they don't put in the, uh, you know, that thing. The that dye packs. The dye yeah, the packs, dye right. packs, yeah. Alpha wow. Pekka, who said he is a rapper, also posted videos of the alleged robbery to his Instagram. But he defended his actions, telling WAVY, if I was a robber, if, if oh, that doesn't make no sense. If, if it was a robbery, I don't think I would would videotape it, post a picture of the letter, and do all that to come to jail. Police disagreed. He was arrested 20 minutes after the incident with a gym bag full of cash and taken to a city jail, according to WABY. His next court appearance is June 12th. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Well, what a moron. (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, you know, social media is great, but don't post your crimes. Well, you know, a lot of people are actually getting caught. I mean, there was, uh, there were, um, you know, you hear stories about kids that steal laptops and then they, and then or or even phones, and then they videotape themselves on the stolen stuff and post it to Facebook, you know, or they don't bother. Um, 
resetting the phone. They just keep using it under the same account. And a lot of people, including my phone, have like a, uh, you know, the where's my phone app, right, which will track you, (laughs) which will track you down to about like give or take nine feet. So it's kind of like, I know where you are. (laughs) Bunch of idiots. All right. Oh, I know. It's it's, it's, it's absolutely. Okay. Sorry. A little early there. Now, this was funny, actually. A little boy was hurt when he was manhandled by Pluto at Disneyland. You know, one of the characters, one of the walk around characters. Uh-huh. And his mom says the theme park officials try to keep the incident on the QT. That makes a lot mm-hmm. of sense. They will do that. They will brush you off completely. Mm-hmm. It happened Tuesday in Toontown. Then eight-year-old Ethan walked up to Pluto to give him a hug. The Plutonic cast member obliged, but when you watch the video in slow-mo, it appears... He hyperextends Ethan's back. What? The boy begins to cry almost immediately, saying he's in pain. Ethan and his mom, Lori, were told to go to the first aid station, but they didn't want to walk the distance because Ethan was hurting. A nurse Mm -hmm. came over, examined Ethan, told Lori he was fine. Ethan said he felt sick and wanted to go home. So Lori asked for a wheelchair so her son didn't have to walk to the car. Lori says the employees refused her request and said she could take Ethan in a stroller. He's eight years what? old. What? He's eight years old, for gosh sakes. Lori believes the park didn't want to highlight the injury with a wheelchair. Wow. The boy tried. He couldn't tolerate the stroller. So Lori demanded medical attention and paramedics took Ethan to the hospital for x-ray. Doctors believe Ethan severe muscle strain. Oh, Lori man. A Disney rep showed up at the hospital, apologized for the way things were handled, offered to pay the hospital bill, and brought them El Pollo Loco for dinner. Oh, boy, that makes everything go away. Oh, yeah, of course. Get some junk food, give it to the kid, and everything's better with a strain right. back. Oh, my God. And you Lori, know how hard you have to squeeze huh. to strain a kid's back? I mean, you'd have to, you'd have, you'd still have to squeeze it pretty hard. I mean, gosh. Yeah. Well, Lori uh, says she also has told Pluto, was well, she was told that Pluto was disciplined for roughing up Ethan. <laughs> it did, yeah. A Disneyland resort rep tells TMZ we are in contact with the family and are in the process of gathering the facts. As for refusing to give Ethan a wheelchair, a rep tells us they don't believe that happened. Oh, yeah. Of course, well, of course, they're not going to believe it because the the park uh, the park employees are probably saying she didn't ask for one; she asked for a stroller. That's right. You know, I mean, I mean, you, I'm sorry. I mean, don't you think that they probably just didn't want to like make a big deal about an injury at Disneyland and scare off all the people? You know what I mean? It's like, right. come on. 
Jeez, that's that's too bad. Well, I hope I hope that uh, that boy is doing doing a little bit better, and that sucks. I wonder how long it'll be before he goes back to Disneyland. <laughs> probably anyway, for life. yeah, probably not liking Our Pluto kids. for the rest of his life. So, well, I hope Disneyland makes good on that. All right, well, let's do this. Let's take a short break, about four minutes, and when we come back, we will be joined by Professor Patrick McDaniel. So don't go away, folks. We'll be right back after this. A boy born in Joplin, Missouri, was fascinated by anything with wheels and a motor. The odds of him going on to fascinate millions with his talent, one in 260,000. The odds of him having 15 career NASCAR victories, one in 1.7 million. The odds of a child being diagnosed with autism, one in 68. I'm Jamie McMurray, and my niece has autism. Learn more at autismspeaks.org slash signs. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. You know, a lot of kids in my neighborhood have really bullied me. There's these teenagers around my neighborhood who sometimes just ride around us on their bikes calling calling us swear words and, like, throwing stuff at us. He grabs my jacket just to get in line first, and he was running after me, and then he grabbed me by the hood, and I started choking. I wasn't doing anything. He called me gay because he didn't like me. Bullying is wrong because it, like, hurts people's feelings, and it makes you feel bad about yourself. It can make someone feel uncomfortable and scare them and make them not want to go back to school. It lowers their self-esteem. And it doesn't just always hurt on the outside. It also hurts on the inside. But do you know what I say when he's bothering me? I say, don't do that. If you don't stop, then I'll go tell the teacher. Stop. Could you please not do that anymore? Stop. Stop bullying. This is not cool. Hi folks, this is Ristita De Jesus of Dynamic Dojo Talk Radio, and I just want to send a shout out to a good friend of the Dynamic Dojo show, Mr. Justin Harvey. Now Justin's got two big passions in the world, and those are radio and martial arts. A student of Frank Duke's, Justin is a true student of the arts. Now Justin has cerebral palsy, but that doesn't stop him at all. In fact, If somebody says that something can't be done, Justin will just get out there and do it, no matter what. He's the host of The Justin Harvey Show and has had guests such as Cynthia Rothrock, Frank Dukes, Ernie Reyes Sr. and Jr., Eric Lee, and many more. The Justin Harvey Show is syndicated on iTunes, so what are you waiting for? Go check it out. Hi, this is Frank Duke. This is T.J. Douglas Wong. Hi, this is Kumu Lua, Michelle Manu, and you're listening to Rosita and Bob on the Dynamic Dojo Radio Show. The only place to be to get the real scoop on the real things that are going on in the martial arts world. Do you have an idea for a guest or a topic that you'd like to hear on the Dynamic Dojo Talk Radio Show? If you do... You can email your suggestions and ideas to dynamicdojoradiohost at gmail.com or you can also post it on the Dynamic Dojo Facebook page. You're listening to the Dynamic Dojo Show with Restita and Robert. 
your source for martial arts talk radio. Okie dokie, and we are back. This is Dynamic Dojo Talk Radio with Ristita and Robert. Our phone number here is 347-677-0699. You can call in at any time now to join in on the conversation with our special guest, Mr. Patrick McDaniel, or if you don't want to get on the phone, you can actually hit up our chat board uh, under our show marquee on Blog Talk Radio, and the chat board is up and running. Uh, So feel free to put your questions there or to join the conversations there. So, uh, Sifu Bob, can you do us the honors on introducing our guest, please? I can. Well, Professor McDaniel has been studying uh, martial arts, actually, Jeff and Kempo Karate since 1973, so that's 42 years in the arts. Mm-hmm. He, was, he made his black belt in 1977. And he was promoted to a certified instructor in 1988. So he's been teach, uh, teaching alone for almost 30 years. Please help me welcome to the show from the East Coast, Professor Patrick McDaniel. Professor McDaniel, welcome. Hey, how are you guys today? Really <laughs> good. Well. It's always <laughs> so good to have you on this show, Professor. It's good to be on the show always. Thanks so much for having me again. Right on. Yeah, the last time we had you uh, was uh, around this time, actually, spring of 2013. And I thought, you know, it's time. Let's have Professor McDaniel back on. (laughs) Thanks so much. (laughs) You're welcome. Well, for the listeners that had not caught that show a couple years ago, um, as you know, we always like to start off our shows with our guests telling our listeners a little bit about their martial arts background. So, Professor, can you tell our listeners a little bit of, about how you got started in the martial arts? Yeah, my uh, just to kind of go back to the to the very beginning, especially of the interest. I was, you know, I was a I was a television kid, you know, mm-hmm. a kid that was fascinated by television, and of course, you know, the westerns back in the '60s, you know, were the big mm-hmm. thing, especially about fighting scenes. Well, pow, up comes the Green Hornet, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's this guy fighting like I'd never seen people fight before, right? Of course, we're talking about Cato that was played mm-hmm. by Bruce Lee at the time. So I was, I, I just really became interested in that style of fighting. I had no idea what it was, but I just knew it was, it was different than what I saw John Wayne do. <laughs> so, anyway, I talked to my father over and over again, and finally, you know, got a grip on what was going on karate and judo and kung fu and things of that nature. Uh, but anyway, uh, in in '73, there was a a man by the name of Sifu George Jackson at the time. You know, he's he's mm-hmm. a grandmaster now, but he's from Dias Air Force Base. He's a military guy, and I'm I'm back in my hometown of Abilene, Texas. Always wanting to to be a real martial artist, and I practiced what I saw on television, you know, saw the Chinese connection and the fist of theory and, you know, the thing that everybody seen. So mm-hmm. uh, finally George Jackson introduced Kaji Kimbo to West Texas. Mm-hmm. Ha-ha. And mm-hmm. uh, I started training, I started training uh, under, under George Jackson. Uh, being a military guy, he, he, you know, shortly left. However, there were other people there that continued teaching. And uh, Paul Jackson, no relation, is actually the... Uh, the instructor that took me all the way to uh, to, to Black Belt. Mm-hmm. And I continued to train 
and train and teach and learn how to teach and still learning how to teach, continue learning. And I finally hooked up with Grandmaster Richard Peralta, right, mm-hmm. who was a direct, direct descendant under Uraeus. So mm-hmm. uh, got some pretty, pretty, pretty strong connections there. Learned a lot on the mastership with, uh, with Grandmaster Richard Peralta. It was an mm-hmm. outside time. Um, with, uh, after my direct instructors, uh, Richard Peralta and I didn't live in the same town, so that took a lot of traveling. However, uh, just staying in, in my hometown of, of Abilene, Texas, and continued, continuing to learn, I did a lot of reading. Uh, I read some Masayama books. I read Ed Parker books. I read Bruce Lee books, you know, to try to get as much as I could as far as information in different directions on, on how to uh, express the teaching art. And mm-hmm. uh, with a lot of things I developed on my own to create a kind of a character for myself because I had to. I had to create a character for myself as an instructor. And uh, what I developed was what I call the noble way because Patrick mm-hmm. philosophically means noble, the nobleman. Mm-hmm. Right? So uh, I, uh, around 1988, 80, 89, and 90, I started implementing some of the practices and the exercises that I was using to develop rapid-fire hands, which Taji Kimbo guys and Kimbo mm-hmm. guys are known for, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, so those were noble method techniques. And I presented those techniques to Grandmaster Peralta. Also sent a video. Uh, there's going to be a twist to this, so pay attention. I sent a video <laughs> to, to Cedro Imperado so I could mm-hmm. get his blessing on my contribution to Taji Kimbo. Okay, mm-hmm. I did receive blessing. Uh, uh, in fact, uh, I got a message from my grandmaster, Gary Forbach, saying that he watched the video with C.J. Imperato. C.J. Oh. Imperato, by the way, is the founder of Kajikimbo. Mm-hmm. So uh, anyway, uh, received, received word from, from grandmaster uh, Gary Forbach saying that C.J. was very impressed with what I did. To incorporate into the system, and there's a dog in somewhere. Yeah, but, uh, that's that's on my side. <laughs> it's, like, it's fine. It's right. fine. <laughs> it's all good. But anyway, all good. Uh, yeah, implementing uh, implementing and incorporating, you know, my noble method exercises to Kajikimbo is kind of where I have taken it from from that point on to where I have developed the Keto Kai Kimpo system, and mm. that's the derivative of Kajikimbo and. What it does is it helps me with the younger children because I've developed a pattern to teach young children. I, I still teach adults, and, you know, women, I teach everybody, but I have a I have a, a special way with younger children and getting the best out of them. You know, now, I want to go back to that twist on sending the video to Cesar and Parado. Yes, please. <laughs> okay. Now, when, as I was making the video to send to Cesar and Parado, we were in Dallas, Texas, outside, and it was a kind of a, a stormy-looking day, but nothing had really happened. You know what I mean? It was just the clouds were, were were a little dark, and nothing really happened. And then all of a sudden, pow, the biggest crack of thunder you ever heard in your life. And I'm on video, and it freaked me out. And, of course, I took out running this, you know, this big, fat black belt, took off running. <laughs> and uh, one, one of the, the students that was actually uh, uh, filming the video sent it to America's Funniest Video. Now, this oh, was really? Like in, yes, this was like in <laughs> 1991 or 92 or something like that, but it still plays. It still plays on the reruns. And I'll oh, run into wow. people and they'll look, at, they'll look at me and say, 
I think I just saw you on TV. And then, so. <laughs> you know I'm getting on YouTube now, right? Of course, of course. <laughs> it's there. That's awesome. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh my goodness! I had no idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's that's awesome. <laughs> oh goodness! And you know, and uh, to all the listeners out there, you know, to get your blessing from Cijo Emperado, that's that's something big. The you know the mm-hmm. you know because Cijo, he you know when he created the system, you know it was originally you know, the the Kempo side and stuff. And then, it, of course, it branched exactly. out into Chanfa, One Hopkindo, Tumpai, and stuff like that. Right. But to get your blessing, I mean, my own teacher got a uh, blessing from Sijo for his method. And uh, Sifu Faircloth was, like, really like, whoa. He said, yes. Right. He said, go for it. <laughs> and I'm, and we were all like, he what? You know, he did what? What really? You know that kind of thing, and yeah, so right. it's a, it's a it's a big thing, listeners. You know, to get Cijo Emperado's blessing to to now, R- Rusty, did didn't you do your black belt test in front of Cijo? Yes, we did. Wow. Uh, my black belt test uh, in front of uh, Cijo Emperado, and that was uh, along the the time that uh, Sifu Terry Faircloth was presenting his method. In fact, we tested, we traveled to California specifically to test in front of the board to show wow. the method, right? And wow. CJ was there. And uh, I remember when I was, um, I was sparring 13 people. And for some reason, somebody wheeled CJ out in his wheelchair. And I'm like right. trying not to like run into his wheelchair and stuff like that. Um, however, my business partner, um, thought a little bit differently. She's like, screw it. See Joe's Kaji Campbell's, I'm going to hide behind the wheelchair. Right? <laughs> of course, she got behind C. Joe's wheelchair and everybody stopped. And in that one right. second, she came around and took everybody out. Pow, 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 pow. <laughs> C. Joe, we got wheeled away and he was laughing. And, and that very day, he, uh, my Sifu got the blessing from uh, C. Joe to continue with the fair cloth method. Because he's like, yep, your people can fight. And I'm like, phew, wow, cool. So anyway, (laughs) that was cool. Yeah, but you know what? (laughs) Getting your black belt in front of the sea, Joe, that must have had some major pucker factor to it. It did. It did. I'm sure it did. It was pucker factor. I'm sure it did as well. Yeah, Yeah. it was pucker factor. It was eight hours of no break, no no water, no food. No water. No water, nothing. I mean, you know, Professor knows how it works. I sure do. (laughs) How those go? I, I mean, I'm, there were a couple times where I wanted to quit, and then uh, my business partner goes, "If you quit, I'll kick your ass myself." And I didn't know oh. what I was afraid of, you know, quitting or getting my ass kicked by her. So I, I just said, "Oh, screw it!" I didn't fly all the way down to California to quit. So right, I'm just right. Kick some butt and take names, and there we go. <laughs> so, anyway. Go. <laughs> so, Professor, I got a big question. This, this is probably one of the most Amongst the older set of us martial artists, this seems mm-hmm. to come up the most. What is the difference? You were training back in the day. I mean, really right. back in the day. Uh, tell us about the training back in the day and also about the difference in the training today. Okay. You know yeah. what? That is so easy for me to say because the way I'm going to answer this is just the difference between inside and out because that's exactly what happened. We had an inside dojo. I'm in West Texas uh, during the summertime 
you know, when it'll hit 108, 110 in a heartbeat. And we had an inside dojo, but we've worked out outside. Mm-hmm. In black yeah. geese, no less. Right? In black geese. <laughs> and, you know, and I would find myself, you know, every day just kind of staring at that building, wondering why we're not inside, you know, <laughs> where there's air conditioned, and we're out on a tennis court, a, a concrete tennis mm-hmm. court. I don't think I don't think you understand. A concrete tennis court. Yeah. Outdoors <laughs> on, on 110 degree weather. <laughs> you know, so that's the difference. Yep. Because mm-hmm. now everyone is in a dojo with padded floors. Padded floors, yeah. Because we learned how to break falls on that concrete. On concrete, yes. <laughs> yes. We sure did. Concrete. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Two hours straight classes with no breaks. The break was mm-hmm. when class was over. That was the break. <laughs> on the clinic days, those were four hour workouts. All right, and we took the mm-hmm. break after two hours, but then you go back to another two-hour workout. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that's the difference. So now they they, they expect water breaks uh, every thirty minutes, and you know they they have to have padded floors, and you know because uh, and I don't I don't want to sound like I'm just knocking anybody or jumping anybody's cases, but uh, the soccer moms just come into the dojos now, and oh boy, if that mm-hmm. made a difference. Yeah, yeah, and in and uh, and to, to kind of add to that, insurance. That's you know, exactly. we didn't care about insurance back then. Yeah. Insurance, what's waiting. that? You know, you're not gonna you're not you're not gonna fall on a padded floor, fall on the concrete. That's, right. that's how you yeah. know. That's how we came up. All of us did, right? And that's um, exactly. and insurance, 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 whatever, right? You know, if you injured yourself, mm-hmm. it was because you. You chose to do it, whereas now, you know, I mean, unfortunately, we live in a sue-happy society, exactly. and I think that's where a lot of the difference is now, you know. Gosh yeah. forbid if your kid breaks his leg, you know, on the wooden, polished wooden dojo floor, you know, you'll, you might, you know, depending on who the parent is, they'll probably be like, oh, sue the, sue the school. Right, 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 right. You know. Hey, Christina, but, if, if mm-hmm. I may add to that, uh since it doesn't even it doesn't even have to be a physical hurt anymore. You can hurt their feelings and oh, you know, yeah, kick all right. boom boom. You know? That's right. So it's a big no, it's getting it really to the is. point. It's getting to the point where you can't even like give push ups anymore sometimes, right? right. You know? Oh, it's like right. really? You're gonna mouth off to me and I'm not gonna be able to give you push ups? What's up with that? <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm sorry. Right. That's a, well, I, I'm still that guy. I'm still that guy, and and yes, I, I've had to make changes. You know, at times change, and you do have to make changes. But yeah. uh, I'm still that guy that wants to uh, wants to deliver uh, a more realistic martial arts mm-hmm. uh, lesson to my to my students. So I have not mm-hmm. backed off to the point to where I'm teaching a lot of uh, a lot of movement. I'm teaching mm-hmm. a lot of content, and I'm teaching a lot of realistic concepts uh, still. And I've had to modify some because the world changes, and you have to change with the world, or you're gonna die. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, so yeah, I'm still that guy. You know, if you if you're gonna be taught by me, then yeah, there's gonna be some humility. Yes, there is because I'm training you for the world. You know, mm-hmm. and you will you will stump your toe, you will get some shin bruises. I'm training you for the world. You know, and you, you know, you're gonna be a rough fighter. I'm not gonna mm-hmm. turn you into a monster. 
If you've got a golden, beautiful character, I want that character to remain intact. I just want you to be able to turn on the switch when it's time for you to make it home for dinner if somebody is trying to do something wrong to you. you know? Hmm. Yes, sir. Awesome, and that's and and that's and that that's the important part. And and yeah, gosh, we we need to have a, another uh, another show about McDojos. I think, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it's kind of like, oh, here, let's just, let's teach three, uh, let's teach a combination of like three or four movements. Oh, you got your yellow belt. Oh, let's teach another five, go. five, there you, you know, cotter or whatever. Oh, you get your orange belt. And then, and then at the end of the day, you've got kids that have a lot of, uh, you know, memorized content, but no functional skill. And exactly. it, it's sad. And, right. you know, and it, so that's why I, I I always think it's so great that you know there are teachers like yourself that still keep the the inherent side of the the martial side of martial arts in the content as opposed to uh, modifying the content to fit you know what people are looking for today. You know what I mean? So exactly. it's kind of like so it's 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 really it's really good to. To, to still know that there are teachers like that out there. Let me, let me tell you what I saw one time. I visited a dojo one time, and I'll tell you what I saw. I saw the kids prepare for sparring, and mm-hmm. they put on their feet pads and their hand pads, and mm-hmm. they had groin cups, and they had body shields. They had mouthpieces, and they had headgear, some of them with face shields, and instructed not to really touch each other. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I didn't. I didn't mean to laugh out loud like that. But I, but I, 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 I always wondered that. about that. I always I wondered about that. that. You know, what? Well, like, and, and and that happens in tournaments too. You get like, you know, you get these kids that are dressed up like the Michelin Man, that right. you know, that are all padded right. up, and you're not supposed to touch. And if you do right. touch that face shield, which is you know. Six to eight yeah. inches away from your face, you <laughs> might get disqualified. You might get disqualified. So, you know, be careful. Don't touch that face shield. Um, but you know, and 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 that's the sad part is like when the when a events insurance policy mm-hmm. won't cover, you know, accidental contact, and that's sad. Right. You know, I don't know. Exactly. Yeah. And, and a contact, <laughs> a contact event. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you know, don't get me wrong, listeners. I mean, I'm not saying, hey, you all have to, like, spar with no gear. But, you know, what happened to control? I sparred exactly. with no gear. You know, exactly. The way we saw that. I didn't even no know gear. what gear was. Or... Yeah. What was gear? Yeah. I think that, well, that stuff came out, like, in 1970. Uh, I remember the year because I remember wow, when it was due. Oh, I yeah. remember probably about 75, 76 when it got to West Texas. I don't know what happened in California or on the East Coast, uh, but I was in West Texas. And the first safety, I think it was called safety, safety yeah, gear, safety. the yellow look, bana- yeah. yeah, safety, banana-colored gear. Uh, the yeah. first time I saw it was in 76, I believe. <laughs> so. Yeah. That was a, that was about it, and then Century got really big with the you know foam mm-hmm. dipped and stuff, and and you know, and then the other cloth stuff, and and that was when it right. was new. I yeah. mean, you know, I remember the kids in my class were all like, "Wow, what's this? This is kind of cool. Right. Oh, wow, cool. No more like you know, no more like broken shins. This is awesome, you know." <laughs> but. <laughs> 
step on my foot all you want. That's awesome. Break right. that pink toe again. Um, but yeah, and it was, but at that point, it was more to protect ourselves from like when we bump into, when we exactly. didn't have the control, right? We yeah. were expected right. to have that control. Yeah. And right. I don't know where it is anymore. I mean, you see like the, the kids in tournaments nowadays, you know, with all the gear and they're hitting hard. They're right, they hitting are. hard to the to the body protectors, and you're like, we weren't allowed to hit that hard. We yeah. just had to like get it in there and have that control, so mm-hmm. we could spar tomorrow. They're right. Because your ribs are not broken. You're right. <laughs> exactly. Oh man, but hey, Kajikembo, you know what? What what kind of a class would it be if you didn't break a rib or have a broke you know broken something, right? Exactly. <laughs> you know, walk walk home and you know. And I would I remember walking across that park, coming to class, uh, and and my shins were still sore from the day before. But then mm-hmm. I would see Sifu Jackson walking across from the other side, and I have to straighten up my walk. <laughs> <laughs> directly with Cjo Emperor I did at all? not uh, I did not I did not get a chance to train directly with him uh, I think the closest to him seeing my training is the video that I sent him uh, mm. he actually saw uh, one of my students perform a competition and this was uh when he traveled to the east coast a couple of years before he passed away he actually mm. came to uh came to Massachusetts so uh, I took one of my students to Massachusetts because I wanted him to meet I wanted somebody from the east coast to meet him. I'd met him once in West Texas, uh, but I wanted one of my uh, students to meet him and, and while he was on the East Coast, and he actually saw my student perform in competition. Uh, I didn't get a chance to perform in front of him. It was just a handshaking you know, event when, uh, when I met him before, but that was about it. Very cool. Awesome. Now, with all that training, um, you eventually developed um, your system, Keto Kai. Um, yes. so can you tell our listeners a little bit about, um, its concepts, its philosophies and, and what you choose to focus on in the Keto Kai curriculum? Definitely. Of course, you know, the, the core, the core of the system is, is Kajikimbo. You know, I, mm-hmm. I like the, uh, I like the Kajikimbo concept of no nonsense, you know, let's, mm-hmm. let's train, let's really train to be able to defend ourselves. So that's kind of what I focus on. Uh, where Keto Kai comes in is, is, is my character because it's, you know, the noble way. It's my character. And I still mm. want the, the golden personalities, the smiles, mm. the laughter. Yeah. You know, my mm-hmm. dojo, we still have uh, we still have parties. You know, we do parties. We do Halloween dress-ups. You know, we, we celebrate birthdays. <laughs> oh, cool. Check, we <laughs> right go to Chuck E. Cheese and Monkey Joe's and, and movie parties. You know, so we still do those things. It's just when it's when when we're training, uh, we I, I developed, and I'm not trying to say I'm the developer of target drills. I'm not, but I just developed my concept of target drills, and what I call mm-hmm. the the noble drills to walk the body, 26 strikes, you know, progressive hands, you know. Mm-hmm. So I've got these I've got these concepts of target drills that I really want you to master targets. 
You know, and, and one of the philosophies that I use for Keto Kai is if we're properly trained to defend ourselves to the point of ultimate result, it most behooves you to avoid conflict with all your power because mm-hmm. I want you to master those targets. And when it's time to strike a target, I want you to be able to hit it. So that's where we spend a lot of our time. Uh, the short forms, I use the concept of the, the Kachikimbo Pinyon, you know, which, mm-hmm. you know, when you those 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 are beginning forms are no more than, you know, 10 to 12 moves. And I mm-hmm. put those forms together, and when it's time to uh, really kind of develop a, a performance form, a, a form for competition, I, I've got four forms with 10 moves. And you can combine them together, make it a longer form, you know, and mm-hmm. compete with it. You know, so I do a lot of things that they, you know, but the target drills are, are really what we master. It develops the rapid fire technique. And when you're trying to uh, use an ad lib for a short self defense concept that I may teach you, here's move one, here's move two, here's move three. Now the rest is up to you. So mm-hmm. how are you going to develop? You know, where do I go from here? I'm just going to create things on my own. Well, that's why we spend so much time on the target drills. It gives you an idea of what uh, what technique works best and on what target. Yeah. That's very cool. Because, like, you know, I've, I've, I've visited dojos where, where you know, you'll have, like, uh, like let's say, self-defense combinations or whatever. And, you know, and you have to, like, memorize the whole thing. It's like a, you right. know, it's like a self-defense kata or whatever. And that's exactly. what you get tested on. You get tested right. on, do you remember, you know, Exactly. Uh, I don't know, like middle area yeah. defense number four or something like that, right? right. And initially, I, I initially I was brought up that way, you know, grab set one, grab, you know what I mean? Of course, of course. you know. Um, <clears throat> but I think you know what differs nowadays is that me, depending on the dojo, some teachers will choose to just leave it like that <laughs> and just say this is uh-huh. your defense and not give mm-hmm. you that that outlet for creativity. Exactly. And, uh, well, I want that. Yeah, I encourage yeah. that. I encourage it. That you know, is and it's so just on individuals. I don't. I don't have. A, I don't have what I call a lockdown curriculum to where, you know, if I've got you know fifty people t- uh, testing for green belt, I'm not expecting to see the same thing from all fifty people. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, right. I want to see some individuality. I remember uh, CJ writing. You know, no right. two people are the same. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. that's the way we have to teach. So yeah, I don't I don't have a lockdown curriculum to where I'm looking for the same thing from everybody. If I see your strength and I see your creativity, I want to. There's a point when I'm testing where I don't want to see anything that I taught you. I want to see what you what you bring to the table. Hello. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's very cool. It's it's that's good to good to hear that that creativity. Right. Creativity is a big part of your curriculum. Uh, that there's right. no mini mini me's. You know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, what were, gr- growing up, Professor McDaniel, what was your biggest influences in the martial art? Well, uh, I I've got to say, okay, Bruce Lee was the beginning. Okay. Now, keep in mind, uh-huh. I was a little boy, and I hope you guys are listening. This is very important. You know. I am, you know, a black American, African-American, however you want to, want to label it. But a little boy watching Bruce Lee, I had to imagine somehow I was Chinese. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a young boy, okay? But then I saw Jim Kelly. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. And he looked like me. 
So that mm-hmm. just changed the whole spectrum of, of my dream. It's like, so we can do it, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Boom, this is us, you know. So it's not just the Chinese thing, you know. So uh, that uh, Jim Kelly movie, he played a big role uh, as far mm-hmm. as, you know, can I, can I really be a master at martial arts? You know, I don't have to be Chinese or, or Japanese. I can I can be a black man and be a master of the martial arts. Mm-hmm. And and uh, uh, Muhammad Ali, even though being a boxer, Muhammad Ali, oh, fantastic, fantastic idol of mine with his courage and his stand-up, you know. So, yes. Those were my heavyweights. Right on. Very, very cool. Yeah, those were heavyweights indeed. Yeah. Right. Definitely. Very cool. Um, now I'm going to take the conversation and kind of like uh, kind of change the subject a little bit, still along the lines of martial arts, but I kind of want to get into the Masters Hall of Fame <laughs> type of hey. thing. You are a nominee for induction in this year's Masters Hall of Fame. Um, now, Yay. how did – yeah, I know. Congratulations. I look forward to, we look forward to meeting you. And now, uh, just well. out of curiosity, just out of curiosity, what was your reaction when uh, when Bob contacted you and notified you of your um, uh, nomination? Well, I read it and I read it and I read it and I was shaking <laughs> and I read it. Okay. Uh-huh. I mean, because let me let me let me tell you something, and I don't, you know, I I, I never intend to. To, to put a bad line on anybody for any reason, but I think I've worked hard as a martial arts instructor. I've done a lot of things for martial arts. I'm going to say this, and I'm going to say this with full confidence. I put Kaji Kimball on the map in the state of Texas. Yes, I That's said it, right. and I'll say it again. I put mm-hmm. Kaji Kimball on the map in the state of Texas. I did, because I actually took a competition team around the entire state. And people, I remember the days when we would say we're Kaji Kimball, and people would go, what? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But now they know what it is. And to be recognized, you know, for your work, is that's a wonderful feeling. And that's where I appreciate uh, 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 Robert for, you know, thinking of me and the accomplishments that I've done as a martial artist for this Masters Hall of Fame. I'm so grateful for that, and it's, it's a wonderful honor. Well, de- definitely. You're a pioneer for the Kajakembo system there. I mean, definitely, like, because, like, prior to that, it was pretty much karate, right? And I think that was yeah, the only thing was, that was in Texas at the time. There was a, there was a lot of, there was a lot of taekwondo, because you remember oh, taekwondo, Al Steen yeah. Al Al is from Texas. You know, and Al mm. back in the day was one of the big cats for, uh, you know, when it came to competition. And his yeah, he was a direct student under uh, Jun Ri. Right. Mm-hmm. Hello. So Alstein, Pat Burleson, those guys. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Texas, yeah, they they built up taekwondo quite quite big. So that's what we ran into a lot, you know. But mm-hmm. uh, there was some South Texas Kaji Kimbo that is still there, and and I think they were strong in their area because I never saw them when I was in North Texas or when I was in Deep West Texas or New Mexico or Oklahoma. I didn't see them there. That was me mm-hmm. taking my group around to those places. I only saw them when I went to South Texas, you know. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, I spread Kaji Kimbo around Texas. Right on. Well, I mean, now, how cool, Patrick, how cool Patrick, that? Patrick, that wasn't, wasn't spreading the word in North Carolina when he moved. Uh, I uh, I moved to North Carolina in uh, two, 2000. Okay. 
in 2000. I actually started off in Virginia. I uh, I started a team in Virginia. Let me tell you something about Virginia. That's that, you know, <laughs> again, not trying to put a bad mark on anybody, but I started I started trying to teach a program in Virginia when I was there, and I remember a, a recreation department in Virginia Beach. Speaking of Virginia Beach, the thing that you told me about the guy with the letter to the bank. I'm just, oh, yeah, uh-huh. I'm gonna make this. I'm gonna make this comment. <laughs> that just puts a whole twist on you have not because you have to not. <laughs> anyway, now <laughs> back to my thing about Virginia Beach. I remember having this telephone interview with this guy at the recreation center who wanted, was very interested in me uh, in me teaching the class. And we finally got down to the part to where he asked me something about my lineage of uh, of. Um, Gojiru, and I said, mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't teach Gojiru. I, I teach Kajikimba, and mm-hmm. he said, Oh, okay, what's that? And uh, I'll see if you don't do any Gojiru. I don't, I don't, I don't think we can go with you. I'm like, Okay, <laughs> um, Gojiru and Ishinru, but the Navy bases in in, uh, in that part of Virginia really had a lockdown on a lot of stuff going on as far as martial arts. So mm-hmm. I just went back to my car, my apartment complex and I talked to the apartment manager. I used the party room and I just trained a group right there and we went around in competition and just showed everybody what they missed. No, yeah. Very cool. Now, did, did you have the same issue when you moved to North Carolina? No, North Carolina was a, was, was a bit more comfortable for me to get started. It, it really was. And I've got uh, several national competitors now, you know, and I'm not trying to sound like a, a big sports thing because, you know, I always teach first that we're here for self-defense and everything that falls under that is just a, a product of us training to be survivors in the street, you know. So if we're good if we're good in, in, in competition, that means we're training hard to be survivors in the street. That's the way I teach that. I don't have a competition dojo. I teach a street survival dojo that happens to compete. <laughs> Ah, that's a good way to put it. <laughs> yeah, like definitely. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> definitely. Now, Patrick, I like do that. you have a, ne- a network of, of of schools, or do you do you just have the one in North Carolina right now? No, 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 no. You know, of course, coming from Texas, yes, I, there's still five schools in Texas that are operating under my umbrella, uh, and students that I I have a couple of students that I trained in Texas that have moved back to their home bases, and I've got a strong organization in Illinois, which was a, a student I trained in Texas, uh, a, a student in uh, I, Idaho that comes from the organization in Texas, and I left students in Virginia, you know, and South Carolina as well. Very, Very cool. cool. That's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, I was I was gonna ask. There's gotta there's gotta be more of your schools somewhere right, <laughs> in Texas, right, exactly. stuff like that. Very cool, cool. awesome. And I'm, I'm um, still working on it because my my goal is to be my goal is to be ubiquitous, you know. And uh, that's mm-hmm. what I'm shooting for. And I I'm 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 planting I'm planting a deep message in my younger students and want them to understand that this can be so important. And the rest of your growing up, it can even help you through college. You need extra money, you teach somebody some Kempo, man. It can make you extra few dollars, and you know how important it is. And to always know that you have this thing, you know. So I like to say, what if you train for twenty or thirty years and nobody ever bothered you on the street? Well, then you had a blessed life. However, mm-hmm. did you waste your, did you waste your time? No, 
you're healthy, you're in good shape, and you can teach other people. You know. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And that's that's a that's a and definitely a teaching itself is a uh, is a skill. And you know, I, I kind of want to mention this to the listeners because a lot of people, believe it or not, think that all you all you need to uh, to teach martial arts is a black belt. And 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 it's not true. Definitely, it's not true. I mean, I've met a lot of black belts that shouldn't be teaching. <laughs> Exactly, <laughs> a lot of black belts that shouldn't be black belts. I've met those too. Yeah, exactly, and and um, and so it, it's a skill in and of itself. And for you to teach kids is 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 truly a big skill. I teach kids also, and you have to have right. a certain personality that that's genuine in order Definitely. to get across to the kids, as opposed to you Definitely. know just acting like you know Mister Rogers or whatever. Um, right. So on top of that. <laughs> Now, if anyone expects me to throw my shoe up in the air like Mr. Rogers, that ain't that ain't happening. <laughs> <That's not> happening. <laughs> or or with it's Professor so McDaniel either. I know it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> Professor won't throw a shoe. He'll just he'll just throw like you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now you also have another great skill. You're a bass player. You don't meet very many bass players. You meet you always meet guitar players, and you play yeah. the bass. What 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 had you um what got you interested in the bass? And do you well, play? My, in a, do you currently uh, play in a band also? No, not not currently. Uh, I I do I do some sit in. You know we we understand what sit ins are. Mm-hmm. Uh, there there are a couple of jazz bands and some gospel groups out there that need a bass player at certain times, and I get called. You know, so mm-hmm. I, will, I will stand in and just kind of, you know, fill in for certain performances. But uh, I come from a, somewhat a musical family because my, my mother and uncles and grandparents and great uncles and aunts were all gospel singers back in the day. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and my uncles were drummers, and I started out as a drummer, all right? And I was, I was an 11, 12-year-old drummer, uh, uh, African percussion I did as well, bongos and congos and, and drums. And so... My my mother and my uncle were going to, to establish another group, and they a uh, uh, gospel group, and they said, well, you know what? Uh, I think it would work if we had a, a bass behind us, you know, to kind of help us with the downbeat and, and hold that gospel groove. So uh, mm-hmm. they said, well, ask Patrick. Patrick picks up stuff, you know, pretty quickly. So they said, Patrick, can you play bass? And I picked up a bass and a guitar several times, just messing around with other with other bands. And I mm-hmm. said, well, yeah, I don't know. So. My uncle went to the pawn shop and got me a base, and I went to work on it. Oh, cool. <laughs> well, so you're so self-taught. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Well, you know, I, a lot of the a lot of great guitar players are self-taught. Exactly. Like, you know, guitar and bass players. I, exactly. I don't, I don't. I'm not very versed in the bass players, but, like, you know, I know who the guitar mm-hmm. players are. But it's always the yeah. self-taught people, the people that actually have to go seek out the training, yeah. you know. Yeah. It's, it, well, it's kind of like, it's kind of like. well, I was going to say it's kind of like martial arts, but no. A lot of the people that do seek out training in the martial arts are very good also. Exactly. <laughs> I guess it's right. yes. different. Yes, it's true. Yeah. So now, that, that's very cool. Daniel, you have a mentoring program put in place. Is that correct? That's exactly right. Uh, for the Cabarrus County School System in North Carolina. Can, oh, can wow. you tell us about it? Say that again, please. Can you tell us about it? Yeah, yeah. There, uh, the after-school program 
uh, in Cabarrus County, North Carolina. That school programs, uh, you know, of course, it's just after school. They kind of keep the kids busy until the parents get off work. Uh, they do homework and they do special activities and game activities and they eat snacks and things of that nature. They try to bring in different programs to uh, to keep the, the kids occupied and busy and do different things. Well, uh, well, one of the workers actually knew me as a martial artist and asked if I was interested in doing that. And so, yes, you know, once I did that, uh, it was very, 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 very strong results as far as as far as uh, the discipline, the behavior, how they behave in school. Because I kept everything in check. I did not limit my dojo training to a dojo. I said, "You are my student inside and outside this dojo. You are martial mm-hmm. arts inside and outside the dojo." So it's very important. I'm I'm talking to the parents. I talk to the teachers and the, the administrators, and I want to know how they're behaving. So that's going to affect, you know, uh, how we get along in the dojo. So mm-hmm. once that happened, I was also uh, asked to mentor some of the, the children in the school system as well. Right? Mm-hmm. And I love that program. I love it. Very wow, cool. very now, cool. where are you? Because I know you're outside Charlotte. You're not in Charlotte proper. How big is right. the actual suburb you're in? Uh, the actual suburb I'm in, now this is interesting because the, the actual town where my dojo is is probably about uh, 2,000 people. However, I'm at a corner of the county where there's four counties right there where I am, so I pick up from all those corners of the county. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Right. Yeah. So, so Professor, then it's like an intersection right where you are? Yes. Very cool. Very cool. Wow. Wow. Now, yeah, one thing and, I've and, always gotten a big kick out of, Professor, is the reaction of, of of somebody like yourself in your position when you touch a child, when you make a child's life better or right. affect them in some way. How is that for you? Because I'm sure there are some kids that you can't, can't, can't help, and there are some that are more than willing. How does that, how exactly does that work? You are exactly right, yeah, because, you know, uh, a, a person in my position, and this is not just me, there's, I've, I've met thousands of people, you know, that uh, when it comes to uh, trying to, to get across to children that, that need it or just children that want it, it's the same thing. You want to be able to have something for them. I don't have it for all of them. You know, I, I can't touch them all the way I've touched others, but I want to, and this is where teaching is important because, I think, uh, Sifu Rashida, you mentioned it, is that teaching is just willing to learn. You know, mm-hmm. so what, if, I, if I use the direction to get across to one group of kids, then uh, I might have to learn something else to get across to another group or another individual. And I'm going to learn what it takes to get across to that individual. I say, if you have the dedication and have the patience to stick with me, I'm going to figure out how to make this thing work for you. I just need you to hang in there with me. You know, mm-hmm. because some some pick up fast and some don't. I need to figure out what it takes to get this message across to you. And don't expect to, to move like this child. And this, I have to have a conversation with the parents as well, because mm-hmm. this child is doing this and this child is doing that, and one may look a little sharper than the other. Hey, please, don't compare them to the other children. Let's just focus on what it takes to get them there, you know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it, it breaks my heart sometimes when I can't touch them. And then uh, sometimes... Uh, the parents don't have the patience to leave them in there with me, and that—that that, I lose sleep on that, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but 
just because you don't uh, agree or believe in me, that means I don't know what I'm doing. Because when I exactly. say I know, when I say I know what I'm doing, that also means when I make a decision to try something that didn't work, I'm going to figure out how to make it work. So mm-hmm. that's what I mean. When I know what I'm doing, that means it's going to work the first time all the time. It means I know how to make adjustments to get across to you eventually. You know, and I'm going to, I'm going to try to make that happen. And the, the students that stick with me, they will see that progress if they were having a hard time at the beginning. You know, so mm-hmm. that's so important. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. And, you, you know, it's like, you know, what's funny is that uh, you mentioned about, you know, like maybe sometimes the parents uh, just don't have the patience to leave their exactly. kids and stuff like that. Right. Um, right. You know, it the, for, for the majority of the time that I get students that aren't quite all there, you know, right. um, it, it's usually because um, the parents are like, drop them off and go. You know, right. the, right. you know, the first to come in and then the last to leave because the parent is, you know, yeah. as a, thank goodness I don't get that many parents that come and get their kids late just because they had right. something more important to do. Right. Exactly. But exactly. I think also a lot of times, sometimes parents might just look at martial arts as, you know, like like many parents would, you know, if they look at it as just a hobby, it's, it's something to do mm-hmm. yeah. after school. Um, right. But they might also um, have like just some preconceived uh, notions and mm-hmm. stereotypes about what uh-huh. martial arts is. And uh, with that said, um, I'm going to open the discussion for anybody, <laughs> uh, you, you know, you too, Bob, and for anybody else that wants to call in and join us, um, you know, what what martial art myth drives you guys absolutely insane? Who wants to start? Oh. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead, Bob. <laughs> well, there's two. One, I've always been really perturbed about being treated as a babysitter. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know? Uh, one is, one is that absolutely drives me insane is that once we reach black belt, we have to register our hands with the police. (laughs) (laughs) I got my card right here. You don't? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And up until 10 years ago, I still got to ask that question. Oh, Oh, that you had to register your hands? Yeah. Yeah. And then when you got and then when you get into a fight, you have to notify your opponent prior. (laughs) That's ridiculous. I've never heard of that one before, but that's that's Oh you did that one. I've heard of that one. Yeah. Oh Oh, my God, that's like samurai type stuff right there. (laughs) Where you had to announce yourself and notify your opponent. that you're going to defend yourself? I must, I must warn you that I am an expert in martial arts. That's the, oh. I remember that. I remember oh, that. <laughs> okay. So, okay, the, pre, the the previous warning, as opposed to notifying them that you're going to. Okay. Okay, I did. Yeah. then I have heard about that. Okay. Oh, my gosh. That's, <laughs> that's nuts. What about you, Professor? Oh. What what types of martial arts myths drive you insane in the years that you've been teaching? Uh, well, when you mentioned the, the, preconce- the preconceived notions and, you know, the concept of what martial arts is, you know, uh, the, the number one thing is, <laughs> please, I'm not trying to offend anybody, but everybody thinks martial arts is taekwondo. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And now it's MMA. Yeah. Yeah. Every every time they see you, they hey, you do taekwondo. You know, like wow, I have got to get the message across that there's other styles. Yeah. (laughs) That's what bothers me. Yeah. I I respect taekwondo. I love good taekwondo practitioners, but it's not all taekwondo. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Right. I had someone call my studio the other day asking for kickboxing. And I said, okay. well, yeah, we we do we do a form of kickboxing, but it's not like kickboxing, you know, it's right. not like typo or anything like that right. that you see in the fitness clubs or anything. Um, and I asked, you know, is it specifically kickboxing that you're looking for? And the lady wow. said, yes. And I said, well, you know, just out of curiosity, you know, what's, you know, why do you want specifically kickboxing? And she said, because not only do I want to get fit, I want to be able to protect myself. And I said, well, I said, that's great. But, you know, you realize that kickboxing isn't quite the same as like, let's say street self-defense. So, you know, and if you're going to, if you're looking at the other side of kickboxing, the ring side, well, you will have to accept being hit. You know, are you you okay with that? And she had no idea. You know, she thought that kickboxing was the blanket term for martial arts. And number two, she Uh thought that kickboxing was what, you know, is seen in a lot of fitness programs these days where you've got like the rows and rows and rows of the stand-up bags and you've got your cool logo gloves and your cool logo shorts and your cool logo T-shirt and you do this, you know, lead workout, you know, by the coach and you do your, okay, three more kicks and three and two. And one and punch jab punch jab jab cross jab cross you know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Jab cross hook jab cross hook fast feet fast feet jab cross and <laughs> and it's kind of like oh my god yeah I came up with this whole thing for it I was like making uh, not making fun of it, but I was kind of like poking fun at it with the some of my uh, some of my adult students and I like came up with this like song thing rap you know right, and I was right. dancing around the dojo just doing this and and I'm like that is not self defense you know next time I see Next time I see a standing wave bag come running at me with a knife, at least I'll know what to do. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> Billy Bob, oh. yeah. Yeah, Billy Bob or Billy Bob come running at me, you know, with a knife. Oh, yeah. I Yeah. So anyway, that was and, – and that that kind of brought up the, the, the stereotype thing that that, mm-hmm. I, that I'm yeah. asking you guys about. Oh my god, kickboxing. I want to be- defend myself. And li- you know, listeners, yes, you will learn skills that you can defend yourself with. Don't get me wrong. Exactly. Because exactly. you know, the I have to remind the listeners that sometimes like during these shows, you know, depending on who we're speaking with, you know, you're dealing with, you know, you're dealing with like almost, you know, over probably over 100 years of experience. Amongst right. the three of us. So, you know, we've seen a lot. We've done a lot. We've heard from a lot of people. And, you know, sometimes we just kind of have to spout off about stuff. But, you know, the thing is, though, is if you want to learn a martial art, listeners, do the research. You know, if you want kickboxing, great. 
you know, if you see it on TV and you see like the jab, cross, hook, one, two, one, two, right. one, two, you know, if you see that, that's awesome. Look it up, though. Research it, you know, because you're exactly. only seeing the tip of the iceberg in right. any martial art. And like Professor says, there are other styles. Not everything is Taekwondo. I get called karate a lot. You okay. know, there's a karate school down the road. No, we're not karate. <laughs> 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 and then I got to explain it to them. We have a kajikemu base. We da, 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 da. Well, is it karate? Oh, face palm. Yeah. And okay. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Here we go. Um, now, my 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 biggest pet peeve is when uh, parents get the um, the stereotype that that martial arts teaches discipline. You know, and uh, mm-hmm. and I'm sure you guys have all done this. You know, you go do a demo or some some place, you know, at a public place, and you have a parent come up and go, "I really want Johnny to learn martial arts from you because he really needs to learn discipline." I mean, okay, don't right. you, you know, which is fine, but don't you wonder, aren't you teaching it at home? <laughs> and, <laughs> don't you and, ever? And then, and then that question is answered sometimes when you meet the children. Yes. <laughs> That's yeah, true. It's very true. <laughs> that's true. That's true. But yeah, so that's uh, that's that's the stereotype is that well, I mean, martial arts does teach discipline, but uh-huh. I guess the stereotype is on their end. They want you to uh-huh. teach right. them right. discipline. They want somebody yeah, else to discipline. Right. Them, you know. Exactly. And it's like <laughs> and it's it's just it gets kind of weird like that cuz I remember I had a um, I had a uh, a parent, uh, a single parent, two rambunctious boys. I mean, really rambunctious. Like, oh my gosh, they're doing more push-ups than, than you know, kung fu here. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. They're just they're they're always in a horse stance. They're always doing push-ups, and they're not listening to me. And they just ah. And uh, I remember she she came up to me and she said, you know, Sifu, can you can you talk to the boys about you know, they're fighting at home. They're fighting a lot at home. And I told them, you know, if you ever come at Johnny with that knife again, I'm going to tell Sifu, and Sifu's going to wow. deal with you. And I was like, uh, you know, You're well, Miss Smith, <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I'm the heavy. And I told him, uh, Miss Smith, I don't, I don't, you know, if they're fighting at home, I'm not there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can can you handle that? <laughs> now, if they're not showing the same respect to others anywhere else that they do here, then I discipline on that. You know, I right. discipline them on, you know, how to take the kung fu away with them and to 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 use that for the greater good. But if they're going to be pulling knives on each other at home, <laughs> But, you know, like dinner knives, dinner knives. If they're going to be pulling dinner knives on each other at home, why can't you discipline them? You know? (laughs) Meanwhile, it's a week later, and then I have to talk to them. They've forgotten about the fact that they pulled dinner knives on each other, and then I'm just yelling at them for no reason. So, so, 
parents do the research about martial arts. Really, the teachers that are teaching have put in decades, 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 more than most public school teachers in schooling. Uh, Nothing against public school teachers, but we go through a lot of years, broken bones, sweat, blood, whatever, to teach your children. So please do your research about the style. Do your research about the teacher. Um, do take introductory lessons and, and stay for them. Definitely. Get to know the teacher. So right. there you go. <laughs> All right. Well, we are getting into the last uh, 10 minutes in our broadcast. So I'm going to take the mic over to Sifu Bob for any last questions. So, Patrick, have you ever have, have you uh, ever been to California on a pleasure trip before? Uh, on a pleasure trip? No, uh, I actually lived in California in the 60s with my father being a, a, a sailor, and that has been about it. Wow, well, that was only 50 years ago. Oh, man, don't you know it? So I am <laughs> I am excited about coming back. I really am. Very well. There are a couple of things that you have to know. Some of them you already do know. Uh, some of them you don't. First thing is very important that the inductee pays for all of the – all of the advances <laughs> expenses. <laughs> I got, I couldn't even make it through it. I, I couldn't even do it. <laughs> you, you know, Bob, you realize if all our inductees buy the, the ambassador's drink, you know you and I are going to be good for nothing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Good for nothing. <laughs> Hung over the next day. No. Well, Patrick, there are, there are just a couple things. Uh, uh, we're on the Star the Starlight the Star Line tours that takes groups around Hollywood. All of our all of our uh, people get five dollars off of the tour. Uh, your oh, dinner okay. ticket also gets you into the Martial Arts History Museum at no charge. Okay. Uh, which you'll 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 need to. In fact, we're probably Friday. We're gonna hook up with a big group and just go bombard the place. You, this is a <laughs> must see while you're here. Oh, that's out of sight. The only one of its kind in the world. That's out of sight. You know, it's it, gonna be it's fun. Very cool. Now you're staying in Hollywood proper, aren't you? Uh, say say that again, Bob. You're seeing in Hollywood proper. You're on like Highland Boulevard. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, are, have you got a car while you're here? You got you taxiing it or how you trans- doing I'm, the transportation? I'm going to taxi it. Good. Good. Oh. Because the 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 hotel is about oh a mile from you or so. You know, yeah. it's a pain in the neck to get to. Uh, yeah. If you taxi, it's like going to be five bucks because parking is like thirty five bucks. Ooh, yeah, you okay, don't want to drive. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm, so I'm thinking, you know, I have to be there. Rosie has to be there. I'm going, well, I guess it's not too bad parking. But, yeah, I was almost thinking about it. I was taking a cab from the apartment, Rusty. Oh, were you? <laughs> yeah, I was. <laughs> uh, we'll see. You know, I'll I'll spring for parking if, <laughs> if it gets to that route. Because it's like, you know, I could never, you know, it's maybe it's just my luck or whatever. But, like, even here in Seattle, you know, I mean, you call a cab and you can never really know when it's going to get there, exactly. you know. Exactly. Um, except exactly. for the time where I called a cab, except for the time where I called a cab from your place. They were there when they said they were going to be there at, 
mm-hmm. whatever PM they were at. They well, were there good. at whatever PM it was, and I was like, "Oh, well, okay. that's cool." When did you ever take a taxi when you were here? I took a taxi to the airport because you were at work. Oh, was that when you left on Monday? Yeah. That's right. Okay, that was like the last. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, it was, okay. and it was quick. They said, oh, we'll be there at blah, 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 p.m. for, you know, whatever mm-hmm. I set it up for. And they were there. They called me up and goes, okay, we're out front. I'm like, what? Uh-huh. <laughs> but I don't know. Well, I've, I've got no qualms about a taxi, Bob. But, you know, if you want, I'll spring for parking. 35 bucks. <laughs> it's an it's, it's, it'll be So, fine. Patrick, when are you coming in? Uh, I should be arriving at LAX about... Uh, I think 9 a.m. is what my my itinerary said. On Friday. On Friday. Oh, okay. Oh, Friday. Very okay. cool. I thought you were coming in a little earlier. Okay, so so Friday maybe after you get get to the hotel, we'll we'll go to the museum. Yeah, yeah it's gonna yeah, be yeah, we'll do that. yes. Friday nine nine a.m. Yeah, nine a.m. Friday. That'll put oh, you past oh. your hotel probably around 12 or so. Exactly. Cool. Very cool. Well, I'm getting excited. This is going to be a great weekend. I know. Four more weeks. It's going to be it's going to be very cool. And uh, Bob and I are so looking forward to meeting you in person. We always look forward oh, to meeting our guests in person. It'll it'll be very cool. Awesome. We don't get a chance to do that that often. We meet them at Dragon Fest. We meet them at the Masters. But that's uh-huh. that's not that often. Yeah, right. once a year. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, let's see. Last but not least, if any of our listeners um, are um, in your area and want to visit your dojo, how can they contact you? Well, they can look up Karate at the Crossroads. Karate and at Crossroads. Okay. Karate at the Crossroads, and it is in Midland, North Carolina, mm-hmm. uh, just a few minutes from Charlotte. Uh, and we have a website, ketopikempo.com. And we also have a Facebook page, Karate at the Crossroads, Facebook. Oh, awesome. Now, Patrick, I have to ask you, Karate at the Crossroads, does that go back to the fact you're at four, an intersection of four counties? Exactly. See, that, that wow. I'm, right on, I'm right on the corner of the Crossroads where there are, there's the, the two major, they're not big highways, but two major highways that take you to those counties is uh, Highway 601 and Highway 2427. You know, which goes mm-hmm. into Charlotte and goes into Monroe and goes into Concord and it goes into those different counties. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm right at the crossroads. A company wow. that I left about five years ago, their headquarters is in Monroe on airport. Check that out. Yeah. And I went wow. there one time and there was one street in, one street out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Everything else is just sort of offshoots of that main highway. Right. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, no Small world, small world. Awesome. So, Karate at the Crossroads, and what was the name of the Facebook page again, Professor? Karate at the Crossroads. Karate at the Crossroads. So it's the same on Facebook. Yeah. So check that mm-hmm. out, listeners. Karate you at the Crossroads. Well, <laughs> I could, you know, I. I'm like keto Kai, keto Khan. Ah, Crossroads Karate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. All these websites and Yeah. Right on. Well, well very cool. cool. 
Very cool. Thank you so much for yes, joining us tonight, you. Professor. It's a it well, was it's always a pleasure. Me. Oh, you're you're very welcome. It's always a pleasure to to have you on our show as uh, not only a, a a guest caller but as our special uh interview guest. Always a pleasure. And uh, we're looking forward exactly. to meeting you in uh in June, June 6th, and it'll it'll be right. great. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yes, it'll be great. So thank you again, Professor, and thank you, Bob, for being a great co-host as normal. Thanks, and thank, thank you, you, listeners. Thank you, listeners, thank you, for uh, listening in and uh, supporting the show. If you don't already like the Dynamic Dojo Facebook page, please do, uh, because uh, not only do we put information about our upcoming shows, we also put information about health news and um, other upcoming events. And if you have an event or a tournament or a seminar or anything like that that you want to get announced or if you just want to get some exposure, on a project that you're doing, post it up on the Dynamic Dojo Facebook page because me and Sifu Bob will share it amongst like tens of thousands of other people and uh, get you some uh, recognition with that. Awesome. So until next week, folks, keep training hard and uh, we'll see everyone in another seven days. Bye-bye now. Goodbye. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.